Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Maureen Towns, and I'm your host. My guest today is Amber Brozowski, and Amber is a CrossFit and nutritional coach. And during this time of uh, quarantine, Amber is specializing in meal prep and delivery. She will make all your balanced nutritional meals for you and uh, deliver them to you. So how cool is that? And Amber's contact information is in the show notes in case you'd like to get a hold of her. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, we're live. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You were just telling me about your home gym. What have you got going on? I have got pretty much everything I need to do all of my crossfitting. Yeah. You've got got like a rack? Rack. Yeah. How'd you get that? That is my boyfriend's rack. Ah. My boyfriend's rack. Yeah. (laughs) He actually won it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's got all the plates too. Nice. Rack and the barbell and yeah sam and i were talking about that that's sort of what we're really missing is the barbell the barbell and, the and we're lifting dumbbells off the ground all yeah. the time we both you know are hurting our backs every time we do it because our form yes. is crap and and we hate it and we're saying you know what we feel like we're really missing is like you know back squats, back off the squats. Rack and, stuff and like apparently that. it's like impossible to get a barbell these days oh really yeah they're like sold out well they are in yeah. town but i was thinking of ordering one if you can believe it Poor, yeah, Tip ordered boy. one. She ordered one. No, Tip ordered one. Oh, yeah? Do it. But she said that she got like the last one. So mm-hmm. uh, from wherever she ordered from. Don't ask me. I don't know for sure. Well, we were trying, we were brainstorming about ways we could build a rack in the yard. Like, right. You probably could. I know, but I, we're just sort of like, because if this goes on until the end of well, August, that's, that's another four months, it might be worth doing. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. So you've got a rack with a barbell. You've yes. got a, an assault bike, a rower. a rower. I've got ab mats and dumbbells, box. Everything. Yeah. Pretty much everything. You're cray cray too. I've seen some of your workouts and you are like, what did you do? A thousand burpees the other day. And, and I watched did. your last 10 and they were stronger than like my first 10. It was a partner one. So I only had done 500. Oh, only so. 500. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you get a little break in there once in a while. Okay. 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 So you're slacking. You're slacking. That's yes. what you're telling me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You are a CrossFit Queen, tell me about, how long have you been doing CrossFit? Um, well, I started probably, I had Olivia in 2011, so 2013, I think I started. I had a friend that was like, you have to come try this, We're, it's called CrossFit, and I'm like, nah, I do my boot camps, I don't want to do it, so I like avoided it for a really long time, and then finally she's like, just come try one class, so I went to the gym tried this CrossFit workout and they're tipping their pull-ups and I'm like, what is going on? So I'm trying to kip and I can't. And then I was all mad and I'm like, well, that's it. I got to figure this stuff out. So then I started. Yeah. And now you're a CrossFit coach. Yeah. So how long into CrossFit did you decide to say, like, I want to coach? Um, like right away. Really? So I had a friend that I was working out with and she was, she had decided she wanted to open her own gym. She was working at another gym. And she's like, I want to open a CrossFit gym. She's mm. like, you got to go get your level one and then we'll do this together. So it was kind of 
I started in, it was probably only like six months later. Then I went and got my level one and yeah, went from there. So she opened the gym and the two of us coached there in our little small town. 2011. So it's uh, been, uh, what year well, is it? it would have been 2013, I think. 13. Okay. So quite a, so yeah, quite a while. How many years is that? What's this? 2020, seven? I don't even know anymore. 13, seven? I don't even know what day it is. Seven or eight. Or what month? <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's kind of blurry. Everything's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So that's how you and I met. Yeah. You were coaching and you did coaching. my introductory uh, class at CrossFit and that was about a year ago. Yeah, it was. It was like April was 4th or something. Yeah, it was a year ago. Okay, my favorite Amber quotes. <laughs> favorite Amber quotes. Uh, when I first started, you know, and I'm, you wanted me to jump, or do something jumping. Right. And <laughs> I tried to get out of it, as I always do. Uh, and it, this line usually works. <laughs> this line usually works on people. When I say, I really shouldn't be jumping like this um, because my uterus might fall out. And that usually scares people. And, and they say, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but you, you said, yeah, it probably will. <laughs> but, do it, but do it anyway. <laughs> do it anyway. We'll just push it back in. I thought, oh shit, I'm in trouble. I'm, in trouble. Is I'm not, not getting out of any of this. Any of my bullshit. Uh, and then my next favorite Amber quote, similar, you know, it was one day we were doing some stretch or something and I was grumpy, I think on that day. <laughs> and I said, I don't see how this is going to do anything. Like something like that. You yeah. said, and you just, you didn't even blink. You just looked at me and said, don't worry about it. Keep doing it. And walked away. <laughs> Which I thought. It oh, works. Just made me laugh. I thought. Oh. It's, you're right, Maureen. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Just do what you're told. Right? Do what you're told. This is why you're here. For me yeah. to tell you what to do. <laughs> Not to question it. So funny. <laughs> oh. So funny. Oh, and so you're not at that gym anymore. No, not at no. That gym and so, what anymore. are you doing now? You're you've you've uh, you've had it to pivot a little bit. Yes. So, when I left there, I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. But I I'm doing some. Well, I was before all this happened. Some yeah. personal training, yeah. and then I started doing some food prep too. Mm -hmm. So I'll prepare meals for people and take them and drop them off and that kind of thing. And that's the thing about you. I mean, you've, you're, you're very adaptable, very resilient, oh. right? Do what you got to do yes. kind of person. And you've done quite I a do. bit of um, studying on nutrition and diet and um, performance mm -hmm. and exercise. And you certainly understand people like me who binge eat. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. And so you're either. a good nutrition coach as well as a fitness coach. Mm -hmm. mm hmm. It kind of go hand in hand. I found mm -hmm. when I wanted to, like I started and then I realized I wanted to get better, but I realized I had to change my diet and focus more on nutrition to get mm -hmm. that right. It yeah. was, I'd kind of gone as far as I could. I mean, I'd still gain, but I was like, maybe I want more. Mm -hmm. So then I focused on nutrition because I honestly knew nothing when I, about nutrition or eating healthy mm -hmm. for a really long time. It was more like after I had my daughter too. I really wanted to be healthy. Yeah. You know, and stay in good shape for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in incredible shape. You, this is the thing I know about you is you outlift most of the men at the gym. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I've heard, I've overheard this people say, me. 
just don't let Amber embarrass you. Keep lifting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or I'll look at them and be like, oh, I used a 50 pound dumbbell. And then the guys are like, oh, really? Like, I have to do that now? <laughs> I tried to carry yeah. Sam and I have a kettlebell here and mine's, yeah. like, I don't know, 20 pounds or something. And his is like 50. 50. And I tried to carry it around the house the other day. I can't walk. I know. It's hard. I can't walk with it. Like, I can't even like, I'm like almost dragging it around the house. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. How do you look at happening? BS, man. <laughs> so sometimes when I talk to people and I'll say, they'll say, so, you know, like, what are you doing? And I'll say, oh, I'm doing um, CrossFit. And then, mm -hmm. and, and what I, the response I get is, oh, that's dangerous. Yes. And, right. and these people are typically not in great shape. Uh -huh. you know, warning me about the dangers of CrossFit. So what do you say to people who say that CrossFit's dangerous and not a good idea and everybody gets hurt? And Well, the people that are getting hurt are most likely coming in with some underlying injury already. Mm -hmm. And they're either not telling you about it or, you know, it flares up and then they don't treat it properly. Mm. People, and people don't... Uh, they're not warming up properly. They're not stretching. They're not doing all the other stuff that comes along with doing CrossFit. It's not actually a deadlift that hurts your back. It's something that is preventable, mm. like all of the time. So if you had stretched and warmed up properly or told somebody that you had this issue and we could have modified the movements, then they're not going to happen, right? It's not, it's something else going on before that causes injury. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference between when I warm up and when I don't. When you don't. Yeah. And it's our laziness. I mean, that's it. And yeah. we only have so much time too, right? So you have to, people want to prioritize their workouts over their warm ups and their cool downs. But all that does is set you up for injury. Mm -hmm. And then, then what? So because you didn't have enough time to warm up instead of warming up properly and maybe not getting as long of a workout or something, now you're injured. So how long are you out for now? Yeah. And how long do we have to modify your movement? So people need to be a little bit accountable for themselves and not blame, 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 you know? CrossFit, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can get but hurt I doing mean, any sport. Anything, that's the thing. If you look at numbers, people are getting hurt doing other sports. Like yeah. just as much or more in the other, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I used to play rec soccer and of course we never warmed up or did anything and right. we play on these, you know, uneven fields and yeah, you know, and there's all kinds of ankle and injuries and knee injuries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. And that was a rec game. Yeah. You can get hurt doing anything. Yeah. What I find gets me in trouble is when I start comparing what I'm doing to other people yes, and then start to think, goes. oh, you know, if she's going to lift that much, then I'm going to lift that much mm -hmm. for sure. And, right. I, and, and it's not within my... <laughs> realm yet realm. and I throw a bunch of weight on that I'm not and then you're not doing it properly right yeah and then I just you know hoist it and then I pull something and it's yeah you're doing whatever you can to yeah get it over your head instead of dropping the weight and then doing it properly and you wouldn't get injured I know and my ego gets True. in the way it does for everybody mine does too yeah Don't get me wrong we yeah. all do it so if yeah. I can be relaxed and just lift what I'm supposed to lift. Yeah. Then. And I've learned that now. I'm not a competitive athlete. You know, we have those moments oh, where we're so like competitive. You're so competitive. Well, I know I'm not going anywhere. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, I want to do this to stay healthy and stay fit and yeah, do my best. This is kind of good at home. Some days I'm like, oh, 
I just don't want to, but I'm like, do something. There's nobody here to compete with. Yeah. There's no time to beat. There's no whiteboard. And I actually kind of enjoy a little bit more. I don't, there's no pressure, right? If I want to stop for 30 seconds because I'm dying, I do. And yeah. I never really done that before. It was just always push, 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 go, go, go. Do you make up your own workouts when you're at home or are you going off a, a, Sometimes. Some, a program? Yeah. A little bit of both. I am trying to follow a program now because it keeps, keeps me like motivated and accountable kind of I'm like, this is what you're doing today. But sometimes if I don't feel like it, I'll make up my own. Yeah. Rather than just choosing your favorite things, Yeah, which is what I'm falling right. into. I'm like, I don't like right. burpees. So let's not put those um, in. Yeah. I know. That's why the programming's good. Yeah. 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 A little more well-rounded. Yeah. I am wondering because we're, we are limited in what we can do mm-hmm. and we've been choosing our own workouts, probably not warming up and cooling down like we should, although we are stretching lots, but we're not doing the warm ups. Like I'm not, it's not, if we, if I do warm up, I lift the kettle, like a swing a kettlebell right. once and I go, okay, there. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good to go. And then the warm ups are the workouts a little bit short. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done for a bit. Let's stretch. And I think, you know, what's it going to be like? Uh, when the gym reopens and I go back, where are my deficits going to be? Yeah. You know, how pronounced will they be? Cause it's hard. Was, it's very yeah. hard to tell how you're doing. Right. It is. And I, uh, when I didn't have the barbell for quite a while, getting the barbell back and doing the Olympic lifting in high volume. Oh, it's, I, you lose fitness fast. Yes. Like cycling the barbell. I used to be no problem at certain weights. I try and pick it up now. I do too. I'm like, <gasps> so it goes fast. Oh, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of struggling when we get back to the gym, Ugh. which is okay because we're all pretty much in the same boat. Yeah. And I am trying to d- learn how to do a pull-up, but sometimes I get really lazy and then I don't do anything on the pull-up bar for a while. And then the other day we I got back on the pull-up bar with some bands. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I've, I've fallen back a month or so. Back. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't take long, but huh. I don't know. It's also hard because we're not, we don't have, it's the atmosphere too. Like you just, you're not going to push yourself. It's not the same at home. When we yeah. get back into the gym. We're going to have that energy again and stuff. And I don't think it's going to be too bad. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle, but I think everybody's maintaining some fitness levels. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm proud of you, though. You seem Thanks. very motivated to keep going because I'm sure there's people out there who haven't touched a weight or gone yeah. for a jog or anything. So it's, Honestly, it's my sanity. Yeah, me too. I and, to uh, you know, I'm not even, like, I was thinking about that, too, because people aren't even going, walking out to their cars. They're not driving to work. They're no. not walking across the parking lot anymore. They're not going up the stairs. They're not. So there's a lot of movement that we do in a day, typically, we're, yeah, we're not we're doing not at doing. all anymore. Mm-hmm. And like you say, things happen really fast. Um, and you deteriorate and yeah. I they rot because <laughs> it really is sort of, yeah. a it's a decline that, yeah happens quickly man it's it's crazy i joined i um you're gonna love this one i joined a race this is my ex-husband he's a runner right he's a right runner yeah him and sam do quite a bit of long distance running and and um and so they inspired me to join this race that they're doing and my other son's doing it and my daughter and like we're all gonna do this thing yeah the race across tennessee 
and it's a virtual race. And so the idea is across Tennessee, it's just over a thousand uh, kilometers. So you sign up and it's four months long. So you start May 1st to August 31st and you log your distance um, uh, every day. And it maps out the route that you would be taking across Tennessee. And as you go, they'll show you like landmarks and historical things about right, where, and where you are. are. Yeah. And it's very, very cool. And I'm kind of like, right. okay, this is a, a bit of a motivator to get out and run, which I don't enjoy at all. Have you been running though? <laughs> a little bit? Well, around no. the block. Right. <laughs> I know. I was a runner for many, many years and I struggle even now. It's oh. Just, oh, I just have a hard time. But you know, Once I get out there and get going. I'm okay. But yeah, but it's, it's nice out. Than... So I'm like, you know what? It's nice right. out and you can walk. You can run walk. Right. That's legit. Right. So we'll see how that goes. So I'm going to start that on Friday, I guess. And I'm cutting out sugar. So we'll see how all that goes. Because the sugar has been out of control. Sugar is bad. Even so my think sugar might... is. Hmm? Even my sugar intake is bad right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not How do you as feel? How was. do you feel? Um, I was feeling really crappy. Yeah. I was out of control with my diet and everything, but I've started my fasting again. I need something. I need rules. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And I need to be, it needs to be almost extreme. Yeah. Nothing, nothing addictive about that, is there? No. <laughs> I don't do anything I, extreme in my life. <laughs> but I oh. feel, you know what I get? I feel very arthritic when I eat a lot of sugar, which sugar. I've been eating. I feel yeah. my, everything's inflamed. Yes, my I have huge sore, My joints are sore. Like it's like even my fingers this morning, I was like, oh man, like I get out of bed and I'm limping and I'm thinking, man. Do you know what else I notice is my mood too. Mm. Oh man, I'm all over the place. Yeah. It's not good. Yep. And I know this, but it's hard to stop. I know. These conditions, especially. (laughs) It's that short-term thinking, right? I'm going to do what I want in the now at the expense of what I know will be happening later. Well, and that's that's the problem right now, I find. Everybody's saying, just do whatever you have to do to get through this. Like, if you need to eat bad, then eat bad. If you need to not work out, don't work out. It's like, okay. But then what happens three months from now when we're out of this and we're in like this awful place? Like why, why let it get to that point? And it is a snowball for people like you and me, right? Like it's, so if I have a cookie today, that's a pie tomorrow. Yeah. That's not funny. No. So I'm like, why, why? It's not, this is not a reason for everybody to just like let themselves go and binge Netflix and eat whatever they want. Yeah. I think I understand where people are. Yeah. I understand where people are coming from with that mindset that, yeah. you know, don't be too, don't be too hard yeah. on yourself. Don't fall right. into the shame game for, mm-hmm. for needing to have a, some self soothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I agree with that. But I also think like, if you watch my podcast number four, everybody yeah. out there with Matt, he talks a lot about the mindfulness and doing it you know, just being really aware of what void are you trying to fill and being accepting of that mm-hmm. and go ahead and do it, but also learn, how, learn in the process of how to sort of be with yourself. Yes. So what is it that you're trying to soothe? 
Mm-hmm. And knowing mm-hmm. and coming to the conclusion that it, it is a temporary, feelings are meant to be felt, right. you know, and, and not stuffed down and, you know, coated over with lemon mm-hmm. meringue, which is what I do. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I do it too. So learning how to, and this has been my experiment lately is, okay, so how, what is the feeling that I'm having and, and what, what, what's coming up for me right now? And, you know, why am I compulsively picking rocks out of the lawn with a steak knife? And like, like what's going on here? Is this, is this a Buddhist meditation thing that I'm doing or is this <laughs> compulsive avoidance? Like what is the happening? Uh-huh. And I find there's a lot of feelings coming up for, and I'm like, why? Like what is happening today? Today is completely different than I felt yesterday, and I don't understand. I thought it was okay. I'm not okay. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah. How do you feel about things opening up again? I mean, because I'm hearing uh, mutterings about different provinces are opening things up again, and you know, I don't think Alberta's laid out a plan yet, but no, it's coming. So, what's your thinking around that? Um, I think we need to be cautious, but I do think we need to start opening things up again. Maybe not like like the schools in where Ontario are opening or mm. Quebec or Quebec. something like May. Yeah. I think that's a little bit extreme. Yeah. Like you've, they've been out of school this long. It's not going to, you know, and especially the little kids, if they start sending them back, they don't know how to wash their hands and, you yeah. know, they're going in and out. And it's, yeah, that's not a great idea. But I do think that we need to start doing some things slowly and testing waters and seeing yeah. how it goes. I heard that our neighborhood Starbucks is opening up for grab and go again. Is it? Yeah. I think that's fine. We I should wander up there and see what's going on. Cause that would yeah. be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. I'm not on the extreme, like shut everything down. Kind of wavelength. Yeah. Like I get, we have to be cautious and there are people that need protecting and yeah. we need to keep protecting them. But there are a lot of us that are healthy and maybe don't need so much isolation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think when we understand who's high risk, because I think we have yeah. some understanding of it now, but I don't know yeah. that we know completely. Right. We and don't know we under- no. And once we understand that, then it would make sense to me that high risk people would be in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And let's <laughs> cater to them. Let's help them. Yeah. Let's and them supplies and, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I don't know. This is such an interesting time. It is. How's just, your daughter coping with it? How's what's her? Um, she loves it. I know it's sad. That's awesome. It's the one positive that's come out of this for me is being able to spend time with her and reconnecting with her because yeah. I am so busy all the time. I'm the kind of person that has to be doing all the time, and I get really stressed out, and I have to be working. And if I'm not at the gym or working or here or there, like yeah. I'm finding something to occupy my time. Yeah, and I find that I don't spend enough time with her or like downtime and like connecting with her and I feel like we've reconnected through this whole thing I mean we're stuck in the house right yeah we'll do we have like a routine we'll get up she gets to sit and watch tv and eat breakfast and then we do some schoolwork. yeah we'll do a little workout together something fun that she can Cute. do yeah and then you know it's like lunchtime and then we'll go bike riding and it's just coloring and I get to do the things with her that I wasn't doing that I should have been doing and That's awesome. That I need to do these things. I need to slow down. How old is she? She just turned nine on nine, Sunday. which yeah. is such a great age. Yeah, yeah. It is. 
So what have you been doing during this quarantine that you are committed to continuing doing when every, when all your freedoms are back? Mostly the way this time, the quality time that I'm spending with her mm. in the downtime with no distractions. I'm actually finding now I am on social media, like never, like yeah. I don't pick up my phone. Like I might look up a workout and that's about it. Like yeah. way less time on it, which I would like to continue. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't miss it. I don't miss Facebook. Or You're not missing camera. anything. No, that's just it. <laughs> not missing anything. Yeah. I want to be more present. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and are you doing a lot of Zoom calls or online stuff? Nothing. Mm. Uh, yeah. When my daughter's not home, we do like FaceTime or messenger calls, but yeah, that's about it. I'm not. You really are in quarantine. You're very on your own. That's <laughs> yeah. very cool. Yeah. There's a lot of gifts Different in this. For me. Yeah. There is. We just have to find them. I like what you said about how you're working out too. And you're just like, you're, you're, you're going at a yeah. pace that feels good and you're probably more present and mindful in, mm -hmm. in your, in your workouts even. Yes. Because I've always put so much pressure on myself, mm -hmm. especially working out mm -hmm. like to the point where I'm just like, I'll probably kill myself before I stop. <laughs> You'll die like, and on the rack. Painful. And I'm like, wow. Like, I love that I have that drive and I don't want to lose it, but I don't think that the intensity that I put into working out, especially as I'm getting older, like I am going to be 40. I have to realize I'm not like, you know, when I started early thirties where my body was a lot more resilient. I need yeah. to not, like, and for what reason push so hard so that I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. I like it. Good for you. Less pressure. Mm. Good. So Amber, my big question of the podcast is tell me about a time when you experienced some adversity in your life and it can be at any point in your life, some adversity, something unexpected, probably something that was out of your control, mm -hmm. uh, that felt fairly end of the world ish at the time, but in hindsight, you see it as a gift. Um, that would probably be me leaving my last coaching job. Mm. it was very sudden and unexpected mm -hmm. like that was my my whole life yeah that was it like that was my purpose like I, that was my friends my family my community yeah. like I wasn't just a coach that was like I had hundreds of friends that I saw every day and I talked to every day and I feel like it got like torn away from me like mm -hmm. I didn't get any closure I didn't get like goodbyes like it was just over all of my friends were gone. Mm. Like I felt like my purpose in life was taken away from me and mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. It was, yeah, it was a lot. How was it proven to be a gift? Um, it was a fairly toxic work relationship, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was good to get out of that. Like mm -hmm. it was hard the way it happened, but I'm glad I'm away from that situation. And it also, I'm realizing there's a lot more to life than just work and working out. And it kind of consumed me mm. and it was my priority. Right. So now I have other priorities. Mm. Like you realize that, you know, your family is important and 
health and just a lot of things. Yeah. I've worked in some toxic work environments as well yeah. and, and um, left them. Yes. And, um, and, and it took me a long time, long, it took me a long, long time, actually. This is pretty recent for you. Mm-hmm. So the learning is probably still happening. Yes. Uh, it took me years, actually, uh, to reflect on what was going on there. What was my part in all of that? Mm-hmm. What would I do differently if I was going to do it again? Um, why wasn't that healthy? You know, like, why did I stay so long? So long. You know, and it takes a long time to kind of get that. Well, it took a long time for me mm-hmm. to kind of get some perspective on it. Right. You know, and, and I would imagine that the gifts of that perspective will keep happening for you. Mm-hmm. Right. If, I find it almost equally proportionate. So if I was in a bad situation for five years, it almost takes right. me five years, five years to kind of, yeah. Holy smokes. What was that? It does. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find that with just about everything. I mean, one, one situation was a job, but I mean, also, you know, relationships, relationships. That I've had, like all of that. I'm going through that too, right now too. Like yeah. my moving to Calgary. So when I left Stetler, it was because I wanted, I wanted to do more. It was a small town, right? Like I was a CrossFit coach, but I was like, I want to do more with this coaching and help people more. And I just felt like I had outgrown uh, the gym there. So then I moved to uh, Calgary and got offered this job. And my husband at the time was like, yeah, let's do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's opportunity. And I was like, you need to look at it as an opportunity for you too. I mean, it's your job possibilities are, mm-hmm. there's way more here in a bigger city. So we moved here and then he ended up hating it and our relationship kind of fell apart and he ended up leaving mm-hmm. fairly suddenly too. So taking me a lot of time to get over that too and deal with it and quit blaming and quit being angry. And, you know, it's, it's on me too. I'm not perfect in both of these situations. Yeah, nobody is. I think that it's interesting how we like to make in order to feel okay. Mm -hmm. Initially, I think our instinct is to make other people wrong, right? right? Yes. So for me to be right, you need to be wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not okay that this, that you're okay and I'm okay and we're splitting and it's different and it's, you know, and there's hurt and there's pain. And everybody has different feelings. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we want a reason for the pain and the hurt and it must Mm -hmm. be you, right? Like initially it's hard to look at, okay, you know, I could have tried this. I maybe, you know, or maybe it just wasn't a good fit. Fit. Yeah. And neither of us are bad because of it. It's just no, like, exactly. just the way it is. Yeah. One of the things that I, uh, so in my work, when I'm working with people and um, there's a lot of martyrdom in families with codependence, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of, and, and when families get quite toxic and quite sick, there's different roles that people fall into. And I, and I see that pattern. It's almost like once you've gone through sort of breaking the codependent cycle and learning to let go of, you know, things that you can't control, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was thinking about that in relation to this quarantine situation. Yeah. You, know, I've, you know, I've got a, I got a PhD in quarantine because, you know, I, 
I've, I've learned this before, right? <laughs> you know, I've learned to let, you know, things happen that you can't control. It's just the way it is. Let go, you know, how do you look after yourself? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like this is stuff I've learned. And I'm, I'm observing friends and, and neighbors who are struggling. Yeah. And one of the thing that, that, that has come up repeatedly and I, and you and I've talked about this before is people who will throw themselves under the bus, right? Without, with, with, with this sort of idea that hasn't been articulated that if I do this, then this is going to happen or I'll be treated in a certain way or there'll be payoff for this or you'll appreciate it. And then this is going to happen. And, and I, I just went through this actually with, with another friend who was very wound up, very upset. She'd been doing things for people uh, that hadn't been asked for. Right. And then it turns out she didn't get the appreciation that she, she had an expected. Yeah, expected. And then um, is crushed. And, yeah. and, you know, there's a saying in 12-step stuff, expectations are preconceived resentments. Yeah. So, so good. you know, it's and so I, true. yeah. And it's mm-hmm. such a common thing. Like we, we do things without the presence of mind to stop and consider why am I doing this? Doing this. Yeah. Am I doing this because I love doing it and I'm getting something out of it? Or am I doing it with the expectation that other people will behave a certain way afterwards? Yes. And that's why I stayed at my job for so long. I had, huge expectations of what was going to come out of it mm. and I kept going and going and going to a point Expecting. of self-sacrificing right yeah 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 and then it, none of it came none of it happened yeah but that yes you're right you have to look at it and take responsibility yourself like was that the only reason I was doing it and it wasn't no but I mean that's, we'll the, reason I, that's that. the reason that I stayed in that bad place for so long like in the bad work relationship for so long yeah it's interesting. i had expectations of what was going to come out of it yeah instead of moving on when i knew that it wasn't a good place to be yeah and or just looking at okay so i'm going to do all this extra stuff mm-hmm. because it brings me joy joy yeah so my son was recently just moved and he was living in a home and he, he did all kinds of extra things in his home. Like the home's kind of falling apart. And so he would regrout the bathroom. He painted right. the walls. He patched the walls in places that were damaged. He redid the baseboards, like did all of this stuff. And then upon moving out, the landlord isn't excited about all of this stuff or appreciative or right. right? And, and we talked about it just briefly and I, and I said, well, you know, you did those things because you needed to do those things. You mm-hmm. needed something to focus on something to do. It had a huge payoff for you. It doesn't even matter if she gets it. Right. And he was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like that's mm-hmm. true. I did get something out of that. Yeah. And that's good enough. That's right. We have to look at it that way. Yeah. If so we get something out of it, that's yeah. all we need. Yeah. It's such a fascinating thing, hey? Yeah, it is. Huh. You're right. <laughs> and that's some of the gifts in 
stepping away and having time to to look to have some perspective it's like yeah. okay so what will what pattern did i have there that i don't want to repeat yes in the next one yeah man i you know i'm i'm just finishing edits in a book that i wrote about right. my own codependence with my kids and my own you know um inability to save them and, and ultimately just having to save myself, right? right? Like, and there's actually a chapter that I wrote and initially it w- was called saving is selfish because it, what I concluded, what I learned was that all of my efforts to, to save and all of my fear associated with my kids not being okay. Yeah. If you say, and then what's going to happen, and then what's going to happen, and then what's going to happen. So if they're not okay, if they start, if they relapse, then what's going to happen? Well, then they might be homeless, and then what's going to happen? Well, then, well, then they might die, and then what's going to happen? Well, then I might die. You know, it ultimately comes down to back to you. I can't handle the feelings, right? Associated with what what other people are doing. Uh-huh. And it was a totally. startling realization that all of my, it, all, well, a lot of my efforts to manage other people and their behaviors had to do with how I would feel. If something happened. If things don't go the way I That you want them to need go. Them to go, right? To go. Like, yeah. Right. Control. I have a huge issue with control. Mm. I have to be in control of everything all the time. And when I'm not, oh, that's tough. But I think most people are like that. But Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, controlling to a yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of it. You tried to control the situation. Right? So how have you let go of that during pandemic and quarantine? Well, I, yeah, I don't really have control over much of anything. But it's slowly been happening, right? Since I lost my job and there was a lot of things that were out of my control and then this happened and I think I'm just like gradually getting used to not having the feeling of control. Like there's some things that you can control. Can control. Yeah, that's just it. That's what I'm doing. Focusing on what I can control. It's good for you. Yeah. So what do you think's next for you? I honestly have no idea. And that's kind of scary too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in that the transition. Thing is, is that, yeah. And that I was in the transition trying to figure out what I wanted to do and like looking for work and exploring options. And then this hit and it's like, well, I can't, it's completely out of my control now. I can't go out and look for a job. Like I yeah. just have to go with it and deal with it. Like it was pretty rough for a while. Like there was nothing I could do. Right. Like, yeah. I'm the kind of person who makes things happen. If I need a job, I'm going to go get a job or I'm going to do this and do that and figure out where I want to be. And it was like, that was all taken away when this happened. Yeah. I'm a problem solver. I'm an action oriented yeah. person. I do yeah. things. I make things There's happen. There's no action right now. This is my action in my house. Like, Yeah. What a reset. Yeah. Yeah. It was frightening. Still frightening. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when things uh, lighten up and I mean, I, I'm a believer. I don't know if you believe this or not, but I believe that when you're ready, things will present themselves. You're right. I have that magical thinking, right? That, yeah. 
things will show up when it's time. Time. Yeah. Opportunities I think so too. will come to you. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, at first I was like, I got to find something right now. Like I need to find a job. I need to figure this out. And people are like, do you really need to though? Like, why don't you just take like, you know, it's only been like a few weeks, like relax, you know, deal with it, figure mm-hmm. out what you want to do next. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I don't need to rush into it and then end up somewhere that I don't want to be. And that was kind of my mindset. And now I'm really forced to sit and think and not rush into something, obviously. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, there, that question of, um, what is this journey teaching me mm-hmm. and how can I take that forward, you know, and into use it, this. use it to help others or, or yeah. Like mm-hmm. how does this translate into where I'm going right. or where I could go? Yeah. Yeah. That's and I don't think I've figured it out yet completely. No, no, it's just right in the middle of it. I think we all are, honestly. I think we're yeah. all in the middle of that. Like, what is this? That's what's happening? What are the lessons? Yeah. And yeah. what am I going to do differently or or next? Yeah, exactly. There's so many people that are in your shoes. So many. And it's all on a spectrum, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, from, you know, everything's over. Life as I know it is done, and I don't know what the future looks like. To right. To just, you know, me who's like, oh, you know, things are changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do I want to, yeah. where do I want to go with it? Yeah. Not like a drastic, there's a very big spectrum. There really and is. I think the same with like, yeah, how people are dealing with it too. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Are you a mask wearer when you go out? No. No mask. No mask. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. I wash my hands. You doing the six feet away thing? Yeah. We go grocery shopping. Yeah. Are you going down the aisle one at I a go, time? Yes. Sometimes I cheat. Do you pass I people? I go like halfway down the aisle to get something the wrong way. If there's nobody there, I'll run. I'll grab it and I'll come back. Didn't see it. Nobody saw it. Didn't happen. <laughs> I was so, for the longest time, like so anxious about going into the grocery store. I was just like tense. I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> And people would make me that way, right? Like, especially at the beginning of this, I went to get groceries and I'm like, just getting the things I need, right? And I'm watching people like stockpiling and carts are full and shelves are empty. And I'm like, I need to be doing this. Like, I'm in the middle of the grocery store having a panic attack. I'm like, well, I got to get back to the past and I got to get the toilet paper and there is none. And I got to get the cleaners and all this stuff. And I'm looking at people and I'm like, whoa, whoa yeah, look at all that they got in their cart. What if I run out? And I have like all fresh fruits and vegetables. Then I'm like, you're not going to last a minute. Yeah. I'm like, just stop. Yeah. I'm like, you're just like falling into this panic that everybody is. I'm like, it's not going to run out. I'm like, think realistically, the grocery stores aren't going to shut down. They're not going to let us starve. We're not all going to die. Just live your life like you were. So I went back and I bought like, a box of spaghetti and like two cans of soup. I'm like, well, there's <laughs> something in my cupboard. We're not going to die. <laughs> two cans and of then, soup, yeah. yeah. And then I just, eventually I was like, just watch people panic. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not doing it. Good and for I you. Started, like smiling and like being friendly in the grocery store. It's the best you can do, right? 
if you're putting well, that out there, then people are going to be like, maybe relax a little bit, but it's just so tense and people, you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, ah, no, like, you can't bring your daughter in the grocery store. It's only one family member at a time. And I'm like, would you like me to leave her outside here? Don't we tie her up like a dog? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, where do you want me to put her? Yeah. <laughs> just some of the, some of the things you see out there now, it's just crazy. Like the way people react to the whole situation. Yeah, and well, and it is contagious. They're like purposely going down the aisles the wrong way, I swear to God, and stuff. And they just don't give a shit. I'm like, it's one extreme or the other. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's all there's things that are all over the spectrum. And I was, mm-hmm. and then that, like you say, that energy is contagious, right? That yeah, panic, it is. that anxiety, you kind yeah. of feel it. And you're like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And I, so I was at, I, I went to Home Depot. I, this is the first time I've had to line up. I just don't go yeah. out very often. And no. so I went to Home Depot the other day to get like a shovel or something. And I had to line up outside the store. And, and uh, this is so weird. I'm like, oh, I don't like this feeling. So I had to line up and everyone's supposed to stay six feet apart. And some people are staying 20 feet apart. Yes. You know, and every, some people are wearing masks. And then there was a guy behind me that was like three feet behind me just didn't seem to care. Yeah. And I started to get a little bit agitated and I had to talk to myself the whole time. Like I was like, okay, so what's bothering you? Is it the three feet or is it your judgment about the guy who's standing three feet away? It's the judgment. So what's making me mad is that I'm interpreting his behavior as selfish and inconsiderate. And that's what I'm responding to. Right. Has nothing to do with the distance. I'm not really worried about the distance. No. I'm not exactly. super concerned about, about even catching it, you know, or that he has it or that I'm not going to be like, that's not, yeah, that's the problem. not the thing anymore. The problem is you're an asshole and you're not following the rules back up because you're in my space. It's like when someone cuts you off, right? Like regard for other like, people. Yeah. 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 How dare you treat me like this? Yeah. So it's such an interesting, and I have to work really hard at letting that go. It's like, oh. Yes. And the six feet, I mean, where are we getting this number? I know. Six feet is sort of a traditional droplet precaution distance, right? So that, you know, and yeah, but then there's, then there's, then there's like, what if someone's talking loudly? What if someone's breathing hard? Does it count if you're facing the other way? Does it like, and I'm like, there's so many things. Relax, Maureen. We need to just do our best, right? Exactly. You're going to go pick a cart that, and you're going to touch the handle that's been touched by 75 other people. Don't worry about the guy behind you that's three feet away. No. And the touching the cell phones and the keys and, you know, like it's, I know I'm just like all these precautions. Is it actually like, yeah. And so I try and follow them, but right. I want to be considerate of others. So I, you know, I, I do have a new mask. I wore it once. It's very exciting. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so I'm being considerate of others by wearing the mask. You know, I will, I will watch. So the person in front of me, I'll look, how far are they from the person in front of them? That should give me an indication of what their comfort level is. Yes. And I'll try and honor True. that. Yeah. And um, try and go one way down the aisles and not yeah. pass people and not get too upset if someone passes, passes me. me. Like, it's like, <laughs> okay, let go, yeah. let go, let go. It's okay. And we're all just trying to get by and. We're, tr- we're all trying is the thing. 
I know. nobody knows and yeah so yeah. like judgmental out there in the world right now it's the judging that's getting the me in judging. trouble it has nothing to do with the distance right the <laughs> judging it is it's my yeah it's my interpretation of their character and my own ego that's getting mm-hmm. to be the problem not has nothing to do so funny it's hard though it's hard to not yeah when you're kind of wound up anyway mm-hmm. yeah you know and like uh, yeah just going out there like anywhere I'm like <gasps> instantly you're right and it shouldn't be like that but it is it's hard not That's to tell what it is right now such a strange time yeah extremely hmm. yeah how do you think the kids are going to walk out of this with? I, th- I think about the next generation and, ah, and this is such a formative experience for them, right? It's a, it's something for us because, but we're adults, right? Right. So if this was happening to you, like take this back to when you were nine and if the world was like this, when you were nine, how would that shape your opinion of how the world is? I honestly don't know. Hmm. Like, I really don't know. And I feel like, like Olivia's paying attention and she understands and she knows what's going on, but they're kids. Like, yeah, you know, it's, ah, I'm at home. Like, and I try to explain to her, I'm like, this is like a huge deal. This is never going to happen again. Well, hopefully, but like yeah. nothing like this has ever happened. Like schools haven't shut down. The world hasn't shut down. Yeah. And she's like, eh, I get to stay home with mom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, but like, she does get it and she'll talk about it. and. She, I have, you have to be careful what you say too, because she picks up on it and then I'll hear her repeating things that I said that yeah, maybe aren't what I want her putting out there in the world about the situation and stuff. So I really have to be careful because they're influenced so easy, right? So my cash is trying to keep my opinions to myself and just give her facts about the situation. Yeah. And I saw, I heard someone talking about, talk about the resilience. The resilience? Talk about resilience. Yeah. Talk about, you know, adaptability and ability to pivot and change Mm -hmm. how we handle it and letting go of things we can't control. Control. Because these are, these are lessons that they'll need forever. Yeah. But when I think back to being nine, I mean, I wasn't conscious of germs. That wasn't a thing. That's just it. And I mean, they are to a point, but now it's like, they're gonna yeah like I think it's kind of good for kids it's because they don't wash their hands right they don't care world yeah yeah but it's like maybe they're gonna be a little bit better about that but also they need to be exposed to germs too like they can't live in bubbles I think I hope they're not yeah like terrified of life now right because your parents are like you don't wash your hands and if you go outside and you go to the park you're gonna die like you know, I hope it's not to that extreme where kids get like freaked out. When things. I think back to my parents uh, sitting around the kitchen table and things that I learned to be afraid of, right? But listening to their conversations, yes. the conversation was, I remember my parents saying things like, companies won't look after you anymore. You used to work for a company for, or for life and you were loyal to them and they were loyal to you. And that's not how it is anymore. And it's, you could get laid off any minute and people are going to have more than one career in their lifetime, you know? And, oh like this, and I remember thinking, <laughs> what am I going to do? How am I going to live in that world? 
you know, and I remember them saying things too, like houses are skyrocketing. People are getting to the point where, you know, the prices are going up. People will never pay off their mortgages. And I thought, <gasps> how am I ever going to own a house? Yeah. You know, and those were the things that I took away from overhearing them talk to their peers about the way the world is changing. Changing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, the conversation wasn't, and I mean, it was pretty innocent conversations. They, they weren't wrong. Mm-hmm. Scared the dickens out of me though. Like I remember thinking like, how am I going to survive? It, life. That's how am I going to life? And unknown. Like, and, yeah. uh, but, uh, but I think, okay, so what kind of conversation could they have had about that? that would have left me feeling like I can handle anything that's coming. Right. Huh. And yeah. yet I do have that belief, but it wasn't based on those conversations. I do believe that I can handle anything that's coming. Mm-hmm. So can you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're very much like that. I think I've handled a lot. Oh yeah. In my life. It doesn't matter what life throws your way. You're going no. to be okay. Exactly. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people need to know that right now too, though, mm-hmm. but are not in a good mental state or, and you know, financially now and, looking into the future about what's going to happen. It's like everybody, eh. and we do need to look into the future and it is going to be really bad and it's going to be worse for others, mm-hmm. but we can't go there right now because we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it's going to end up. So it's not, don't, everybody always goes worst case scenario. I'm going to bankrupt. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to die. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're dead, right? to <laughs> <laughs> We need to, people need to not go there right away, right? Like right now, all we can do is like one day at a time, one hour at a time for some of us, yeah. just get through that because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we're fighters. Like everybody's going to, most people are going to be able to fight their way out of this after. Yeah. And we're resilient and we yeah. have each other and I'm, I'm a big resource Sherry person, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like if I've got something that you need, yeah. you can have it. Exactly. You know, like I'm very much... You know, unless you're the person going down the back alley rooting through my recycle bin, those people can F off. Yeah. Because <laughs> that makes me mad. I know. But everything else, <laughs> yeah. I'm open to sharing. Sharing. I can't stand people rooting through my oh, garbage bin. I hear you. <sighs> and yet, like, you know, like well, I, I feel like not- that's what the positive part that's gonna come out of this is, right? Like we're already being so supportive. Like yeah. the whole country, the whole world, like trying to help each other as much as we can. Yeah. So we're going to need that more after this when yeah. we come out of it than we are now with mental health, especially, yeah. and, you know, financial, and we're going to need to help each other more after we find a cure for this or a vaccine or whatever. And we're yeah. going to carry on with life because the fallout from it's going to be bad. Yeah. And the helping and people back up again, right? We yeah. need to learn how to ask for help. Yeah. And we need to learn how to offer help. Yeah. And help people back up on their like feet. Like we're supporting again. each other right now in the yeah. frontline workers and, you know, yeah. just with everything. But we need to carry that on after this. So we it sounds like your words of wisdom end. are one day at a time, one hour at a time, time. and, and uh, help each other out as we're trying mm-hmm. to get back on our feet afterwards. Afterwards is yeah. going to be the big part. So how can people get a hold of you if they want uh, meal prep done, coaching, like remote coaching even? Right. Um, how can people find you? Facebook or Instagram, which I'm hardly on anymore, but I do check it. <laughs> but can that people uh, message you through those? Yeah. 
definitely. Okay. And you do, you do, um, fitness coaching and nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're awesome at both. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you were awesome to coach. Yeah. Thanks. I miss, I miss our time at the gym. I seriously do. <laughs> Me trying to get oh, out. Oh, you brightened my day when you walked in the door. <laughs> thanks i miss that too i can't wait till we can uh work out again that'll be really i know fun. yeah yeah definitely okay and we're allowed to get closer than six feet to each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, thanks for your time today and um we'll talk thank you really for having soon. me yes Friends, thank you very much for listening. I am again your host, Maureen Towns, and I'm the founder of Maureen Towns Consulting. And what I do is I support families who are really struggling uh, to support people in their family or people that they love who have mental health and addictions issues. And I help take those families from chaos to calm. My work is based on my 25 uh, plus years working in healthcare as a nurse, both in the public and the private uh, system in both Ontario and Alberta, and also my education and facilitation in leadership, uh, and also my success and my failures as a mom supporting children with mental health and addictions issues. And you can read all about those issues and how I came to know what I know and all the things that I wish I had known years ago when I began the journey with my kids uh, in the book that I'm going to publish this year called Broken Open. Same name as the podcast. Um, you can find me at maureentowns.com. Uh, please don't ever hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to chat with anybody. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please uh, subscribe and share widely. Take care of yourself, my friends. Bye. Yay!